And in Acts chapter number five, there was a really strong encounter of the Lord that was taking place uh, amongst the apostles to where even their shadows were healing people. Demons were coming out. People were getting radically delivered and thousands of people were getting saved and giving their life to Christ. And in Acts chapter number five, verse 17 through 19, look what happens uh, as a testament of the miracle power of God working in the early church. The Bible said that the high priest and his officials who were Sadducees, were filled with jealousy. They arrested the apostles and put them in the public jail. But an angel of the Lord came at night and opened the gates, opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. Um, today, I wanna, I wanna let you know about our ministry and our church. I'm the kind of preacher that sometimes I preach messages that are motivational. They're going to stir your emotions a little bit. You know, they get down in your soul and fix a few things. And then I preach messages that are informational. That has to do with fixing the mind. Strongholds are not broken just because somebody prays for you at an altar. Strongholds are broken because you change the way you think in your mind. Some of the messages I preach around here, they're inspirational. You'll come in with no faith and you'll leave full of faith and excited, ready to go take the world for Jesus. Amen. But messages like today are more prophetic in nature, and it takes your prophetic eye and prophetic ear to hear and see what God is saying through me in the moment. And so for the whole month of January, I'm going to really be focusing on the prophetic. And so what I want to encourage you to do is before you come, you got to come prayed up, because I don't want you to not hear or see what God is saying to the church at LifeGate, okay? So I want to pray for you in just a moment that your prophetic ear, everyone in here is prophetic. If you are filled with the Spirit of God, you are prophetic. To be prophetic means you can hear and you can see what God is saying and you can understand in the Spirit what he, John the Revelator, well he wasn't the Revelator, the Holy Ghost was the Revelator that gave it to John and John penned what the Revelator gave him. He said, for those of you who have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying, let him hear. So we want to pray today that our ears are open, not these ears, but the ears of our spirit, okay? And uh, let's 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 do let's do something real quick. Turn around, put those Bibles and notepads on your on your chair, and let's lock arms. Don't hold hands because there's too much bacteria floating around Kansas City right now. Too many people getting sick, amen. And uh, we want to make sure that you don't get sick in here today. Father, I thank you for the person on my left, and I thank you for the person on my right. And I pray today, Lord, that their prophetic ear would be open to hear what you are saying to the church. Say this with me. Say, Lord, open the ears in the name of Jesus. And the people said amen and amen. Give your neighbor a high five before you're seated and welcome somebody uh, to the church today. So good, so good. You know, Jesus had said in the gospel of Luke, the fourth chapter, he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because God has, oh, God has sent me. And one of the things he said was to give recovery of sight to the blind. That's what he said. And what that does not mean is somebody who has never seen before gets to see. It means somebody who saw, stopped seeing, gets to see again. And that's dealing with the spiritual problem because a lot of people <clears throat> used to be on fire for the Lord and could see what God was seeing, doing, but they stopped being on fire and stopped seeing God move. So my prayer and declaration for you this year is that some of you that have gotten cold on Jesus will begin to see the Lord move again on your behalf. Amen. So look at your neighbor and say, ears open and eyes open so you can hear and see. 
2024 is a year that I've been pressing into. At the end of every year, I kind of press into the Lord to see what he might say to us for the upcoming year. And what I really felt him say to me was something that a lot of men of God are saying in the earth today, that 2024 would be the year of the door. Now, I've heard this preached from many ministers all over the nation that are saying that it's the year of the open door, but the Lord spoke directly to me that this would be the year of the door. Look at your neighbor and say, the door. Now, we as American modern-day people, we use what's called a Gregorian calendar to, uh, to judge our weeks, our seasons, our time, our clock, and our calendar by. And this is all based off of a solar type of calendar. But the Hebrew nation, the Jews, the Israelites, they use a lunar calendar, a Hebraic calendar, to govern seasons, times, weeks, and months uh, of the year. Our calendar, the Gregorian calendar, is based off man's time, but the Hebraic calendar is not based off man's time. It's really centered around God's time. The Old Testament is a story of the nation, everybody say, of Israel. It talks about God's provision for Israel, God's protection of Israel, God's blessing upon Israel. Look at your neighbor and say, hear the language today. <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's a story of the nation of Israel. It starts with the creation in the Pentateuch in the book of Genesis. We believe in creation at LifeGate and that it happened in the first portion of the Bible. And the Bible said that all through scripture, then through Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, Israel was on a mission to find a land and to find Canaan land and a promised land. And so we learned then in these first five books about the history of Israel, and it goes on through all the major and minor prophets. We learn about the birth of Israel coming through one of our patriarchs, Jacob. He had 10 sons that became 10 tribes and two grandsons that became two other tribes. So when when you read the Bible, you'll see like the 12 tribes of Israel. Israel used to be a person, but then became a nation. And so the Old Testament is penned full of literature that all point to Jesus. Okay, you say, what are you talking about, preacher? Well, in the book of Genesis, when Adam and Eve fell, the Bible said that the seed of the woman would crush the serpent underneath her, underneath his heel. That was a picture of Jesus. When you see uh, a Noah getting into the ark, and the Bible said that God put them in in the ark and he shut the door. The door is Jesus. Ezekiel said he saw God as a wheel within the middle of a wheel. That wheel that is in the middle of the wheel, that's Jesus. The Bible said that God led the children of Israel by a pillar of fire and by a cloud by day. That is Jesus. All through the Old Testament, Abraham going up to the mountain to sacrifice his son. And the Bible said there was a ram that became the sacrifice that was caught in a thicket. And the Bible said that God, that God spoke to Abraham and said that ram is going to take the place of Isaac. Isaac represents you and I. The ram represents Jesus who became the sacrifice so you and I didn't have to be. Everywhere you look in the Old Testament you see Jesus. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego it was in the fiery furnace but your Bible said there was a fourth man in there who looked like the son of God. Jesus. 
And if you just read the Old Testament, you're going to miss a lot of God's DNA and characteristic of who Jesus is by seeing it in the Old Testament. So you have to look with a prophetic eye. You have to listen with a prophetic ear to see that 2024 is going to be the year. Everybody shout the door. Okay, so in, in, in the nation of Israel, they celebrated seven parties. So we as Americans, we celebrate the 4th of July. We have a party at this, you know, schools. There's no schools because of the 4th of July. But we, 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 sometimes we get out of work for the 4th of July. We, we get our steaks on the grill. We spend way too much money on fireworks. And we celebrate our independence, all right? We do that every year. We, we celebrate Memorial Days. Juneteenth is a day that we celebrate as a day of a freedom come on it's a day that we celebrate that 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 a nation got free in one day come on we we celebrate all kinds of days memorial day labor day weekend we celebrate uh, uh we celebrate uh national hispanic month we celebrate black history month we celebrate all kinds of things on our gregorian calendar but God gave the Hebrews a calendar that's different from our calendar, and it's centered around agriculture, and it's centered around Memorial Days for Israel. Now, I'm going to get to the door. You just got to let me lay some foundation because I want to give you an example of how we read the Bible through a prophetic eye. So he said, in this calendar, I want you to celebrate seven things or seven parties I want you to remember, get them down in your heart, and throw a big old shindig seven times a year. The first one was the Feast of Passover. How many's ever heard that before? Okay, the Feast of Passover was a celebration when at the end of Genesis, the Bible said the children of Israel sold themselves into slavery because they were hungry. 435 years go by, and the Bible said that, that all of Israel, 2 point something million people, were in Egypt, which represents bondage, under a leader by the name of Pharaoh, who represents the devil. And the Bible said that, that they were in slavery, and that their cries had reached the heavens. And so God began to send plagues upon the earth in Exodus. Exodus means to come out. Exodus was the doorway for the children of Israel to get out of bondage and captivity. And the Bible said that God spoke to Moses and said, the last plague I'm going to send is the death angel. He said, what I want you to do is I want you to take a sacrificial lamb without spot or wrinkle. And I want you to sacrifice that lamb. I want you to take a branch of hyssop and dip it down in the blood. And then I want you to take the blood and put it over the doorways and when the death angel comes through the town, the death angel will not be able to enter the house where the blood is applied. Now if you just read that as a history lesson you're not going to see where Jesus is in the story. You and I were in Egypt before we came to Christ. You and I were serving the devil, Pharaoh, before we came to Christ. We were in slavery to sin before we got free in Jesus. And the Bible said that we, listen, we believe as Christians that the blood of Jesus was the blood of that sacrificial animal. Moses began to put the blood upon the doorway of his house and when hell came through the neighborhood, hell had to pass over them, the feast of Passover. Hell had to pass on by them. Come on. Cancer's got to pass on by. Sickness has got to pass on by. Come on, Kelsey. Multiple personality disorder got to pass on by. Suicide got to pass on by. Depression got 
only when you see the blood. You see, the blood came from the lamb. John the Baptist said, behold, the lamb of God who was slain before the foundations of the earth. It was at the crunch of the fruit that Jesus was on his way to Calvary to become the Passover lamb. So we celebrate every day the Passover. You should anyway. You ought to give Jesus a little bit of thanks every day. Lord, I thank you that you delivered me. I thank you that you brought me out of Egypt. I thank you that you set me free. I thank you that you healed my body. I thank you that you brought me through. I thank you that you brought me over. Pass over me, Jesus. Some of you are way too quiet. You won't act like that today when the Chiefs win, hopefully again. I hope they win again. Oh, no. Passover. Then you get to unleavened bread. It was the next celebration. Unleavened bread was the party that they celebrated in this time in, in, in Israel. They would not consume anything during the Feast of Unleavened Bread that had yeast in it. Yeast in your Bible represents sin. Uh, yeast causes bread to come to, to step up. When we have sin in our life, it's hard for us to get low, to get humble. Because usually a sinful one is a very arrogant one. We're always puffed up. You ain't telling me nothing. I'm my own person. Not when you're in the kingdom, you're not. You have to die every single day and get low. Get low. Get low down to, you got to get low. Kingdom. And so they took all the yeast out of the house and they wouldn't consume any yeast during this time. And they would come before the Lord and celebrate the fact that his perfect sinless entity took their filthy, dirty sin. You have to come to the understanding to God that you weren't just in need of counseling. You were in need of salvation. You were a sinner lost on your way to hell, imperfect, messy, bound up, but the perfect one who was without yeast, who was sinless, came and touched a dirty you. Until you got the understanding you was lost, you don't need a savior. Then they celebrated that this is in progression. Then it, they went to first fruits. First fruits was when they would come to the priest once a year after harvest time. And they would present him with the first fruit offering from the first taste of their harvest, their increase. And this was to celebrate that God was their provider. Once a year they would do this. And Jesus then in the New Testament is called the first fruit of many brethren because he was the seed in the earth. For God so loved the, the world, he gave his son, his seed. That seed crushed Satan under his heel. And this seed then died upon a cross and he went like a corn seed into the ground. And three days later, he didn't, aren't you glad he didn't stay there? Come on. Three days later, he, he went into the ground, but three days later, he came out of the ground and the father took his sickle onto the earth and rescued him and he ascended 50 days later into the heavens. 
40 days later into the heavens. He ascended it as the first fruit of many brethren. So what are you talking about? He did it first. Jesus went first. You and I, we're going to go to the ground unless Jesus returns. Jesus went and tried it first because he knew you and I was going to go to the ground after him. He came up out of the ground, and the Bible said when he returns, the dead in Christ are going to get up out of the ground as well. He did it first. We're going to do it second. He is the first fruit among many, brother. Is that good? So we celebrate. So you got to read the Bible with prophetic eye. You can't just read through Exodus and Leviticus and say, well, that was boring. You got to say, God, how are you in the story? How does this apply to me? Because then you get to the Feast of Pentecost. Is this a Pentecostal church? Some of y'all are getting scared. Put your... Get out of here. You said this, this is a Pentecostal church. And a lot of people don't know what that means. They just think it means they're loud and radical. I traveled with a preacher when I was younger, and he used to always say, they call us holy rollers, and what they say is true. But when you find out what we're rolling about, you'll start rolling too. Huh? Moses... Children of Israel, he's leading them. They're in the desert, the wilderness. It goes up into a mountain, begins to pray. On the 50th day, God comes down in glory, carves out two tablets called the Ten Commandments. There was so much glory on Moses' face, the Bible said. He came out of the mountain and had to put a sheet over his face because the people would die if they saw the power that was on Moses, 50th day. So every year, the Hebrew people, the children of Israel, the 12 tribes of Israel, the Jews would gather and celebrate these feasts. On Pentecost, they would celebrate the day God came down to just one man. They would all go to Jerusalem from all over the world to celebrate the day Shekinah, the Bible calls it. Tangible, touching presence came down from heaven like a funnel and touched just one man. But Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Ghost. On the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter number 2, the Bible said they were all gathered there. Jesus resurrects. Jesus walks the earth for 40 more days. And then he ascends into the heavens. Ten days later makes it the 50th day after Passover. They're in an upper room. Moses was in a mountain. They were in an upper room on the day of Pentecost. And all of a sudden, the Bible said, there came a sound from he heaven like a mighty rushing wind. And the glory filled the room and sat upon them. And every single one of them went to Shatalamahaya Ikarabrobo, speaking in other tongues. To the point, thousands of people came to the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Pentecost means power to us. All three of you said amen. Look at your neighbor say, this is not a Baptist church. We shout up in here. Can I get an amen? Somebody shout Pentecost. Pentecost. 
Well, then the next feast, you say, what's this got to do with 24? I'm coming there. I'm just trying to tell you the calendar. This is the Hebraic calendar. It's important. Then you get to trumpets. And at this party, they were getting together to thank God. Listen, that he was their Sabbath. 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 I love how Revelation is progressive. I read that this week. I started to shout. It's like, yes. It meant that regular toil was ending. They would offer food given to God. And then somebody would stand up and blow the trumpet as loud as they could, declaring you are the rest when the alarms are raging. Anybody have any alarms in your life? I hate the alarm on my phone. Oh, when it goes off, I like wake up. <gasps> I hate the sound. I'm like, drop kick. I hate the sound of the alarm. But they blew the, the alarm to say all of the internal alarms have come in contact with the Lord of the Sabbath. I'm so thankful because 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, this has to now do, it's progressive. This has to do with the rapture of the church, which we still believe. I don't care what Dr. Dumbbell says on the internet. We believe Jesus is coming back again. We believe that. We believe in the marriage supper of the Lamb. We believe that the Lord Himself will descend with the shout and with the with the voice of the ark or with the trumpet of God and the voice of the archangel and the dead. We believe the Bible. An angel's gonna blow that trumpet. This represents the rapture and the marriage supper of the Lamb. Then you get to days like the Day of Atonement, it was another one they celebrated. They would get together and they would party because their temporal sin was exchanged for God's holiness once a year. Then they got together for tabernacles where they celebrated God tabernacling them in the wilderness by spending time with them in the wilderness. But guess what? He is now Emmanuel, God who is with us right here, right now. See, some of you are frustrated in life. You don't know what you're going to do in 24. The bill collector's calling. The IRS agent sent you a letter. You got the bad email in the, in the mail. Listen, God is with you, huh? He's not just with you at church in this tabernacle. He can get with you in your Hyundai on the way home so you can shundai. Come on, somebody. He will be with you at the bank. He will be with you at the doctor. He will be with you in the surgery. He will be with you in the courtroom. He'll be with you in the jail cell. He is a God who is tabernacling with his people. Y'all just give him some praise on that right there. Come on, give him some praise. So when you read the Bible, you remember what they used to say? You got to read the Bible. You can't just read it. You got to really read it. Here, you got to read a little bit. My, my wife, she's so precious. She, she's got the discipline. She reads the whole Bible every year. I don't have that discipline. I try and I try. But then I get to like one word and it jumps at me. And before I know it, I've spent three weeks on that one word. And I can't get off that. Anybody else like that? It's like bunny trail. I, I, I can't get off that one word, you know. And I believe in 24, God is wanting you to be focused in on what he's trying to say to you. Don't worry just about, now my wife, she retains a lot. She thinks different than I do. She, she's more scholastic that way. But it's not about how much of it you read. 
It's about what you get. Come on, just give the Lord praise. It's not, listen, this isn't a competition or a race. It's not how much Bible you get. It's what's inside of your heart, not what's inside of your head. Well, I memorized 25,000 verses this year. Pastor, what, what did it say? I don't know what they said. You got to get it in your heart. You're never going to understand Jesus if you don't understand the prophetic points of the Old Testament. See, the Jews and the, the Hebrew nation were so agriculturally blessed. They were, they were based, they, were, they, they, they thought agriculturally, they wrote agriculturally, they thought in an agricultural way. That's why Jesus talked a lot about seed time. The kingdom of God is like a seed. The kingdom of God is like a farmer who went and sowed the seed. There's chapters in the gospels about that because they were agriculturally focused. So their calendars, then I'm going to take this jacket off. y'all up here sweating like a madman i ain't started preaching yet what no i'll preach in the car on the way home praise the lord i just dropped my button hope that's off my jacket not my pants praise the lord so everything they did was centered around agriculture so their calendar then centered around passover unleavened bread First fruits, harvest time. They built their calendar around that. Pentecost, trumpets, day of atonement, tabernacles, before we start all over again. You and I have a calendar that says January, February, March, April. They don't have a calendar like that. Our calendar starts January 1st. Their calendar starts September 1st-ish based off leap year in the month of Tishri. Tishri. And so on our calendar, it's the year 2024, Jeremy but not on the Hebraic calendar. The Hebraic calendar, the year is 5784. So if you want to hear what God is saying to you in 2024, you need to research what 5784 means. What's, what's the significance of 5784? 5784, the Hebraic people believe that creation started at year one, 5,784 years ago. Well, that's not what they're teaching me in science at school. You're in the wrong class. Y'all are quiet. So let's look at what 5784 means because the Hebrew nation, they were very symbol, they, were, they used a lot of symbols, a lot of metaphors, types and shadows to point to Yahweh. So the number five in the Bible, in Hebrew, in Hebraic culture, is based off the letter in Hebrew, the fifth letter in Hebrew, hey. Everybody say hey. hey. Look at your neighbor and say hey. Hey, and here's what it is. This, this is a picture to them to explain the picture of a mouth as if God was breathing. Now, I don't know how they see a mouth there, but that's what it means in Hebraic culture. And it means to receive revelation and understanding through the breath of God. Paul said it this way. Remember, he was trained in Hebraic culture. He said, all scripture is God. Hey, breathe. Hey. Don't look at your neighbor and say, ah, he. Did that to my daughter one time. She said, your breath stink, dad. Because ah, can affect people. You can, read a, you can read a scripture a thousand times. And then God, ah, 
breathes on it. You're like, whoa, what in the, I've never seen that before. It's, ha, ah, hey, 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 God's getting your attention. Hey, in 2024, God's going to get your attention. This year, the year, I wish I could get three people to hear this prophetically because some of y'all look at me like you just came for three points of poem to go home. I want to give you a word that's going to change your life this year. Come on. We're starting the year off right with praise, prayer, and word. Hey, one word can change your life. I believe with all my heart. You can be suffering with sickness and God give you a revelation about healing and that word will change your life. You can be battling with poverty and you get a word about prosperity and that one word will change your life. You can be in the need of household salvation and you can read and acts about Cornelius and his house and that one, hey, one word. All I need is a word from God. All I need is a hay in my spirit. All I need is for God to breathe inside of me what I've been reading. All I need is one revelation. All I need is one breath from God. All I need is for him to breathe upon the scripture that's in me. Hey! Somebody say, this is my hay year. I dare you to look at the devil and say, hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. Hey. Come in my house and mess with me in the middle of the night. I'm just going to start telling the devil, hey, not straw, but hey, 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 I dare you when you get that letter in the mail this, this year, that's negative. I dare you to look at it and just say, hey, about to get a word, revelation. All right. The seventh letter is the word Zayin. The seventh letter in the Hebraic alphabet, remember 5784? The seventh letter is the Hebraic alphabet is the letter Zayin. And this is a picture to them, to the Hebraic people, of a scepter in the hand of the king who holds the authority. <laughs> God's about to breathe into your situation with the revelation because he holds the authority in his hand. That means everything around you that's anti-God, poverty, sickness, depression, anxiety, is going to come in contact with the hay authority of Jesus. Lack hay! Better back up off me. You don't want to come to my house and try to break in at midnight. I'm just telling you. You don't got to worry about the police or some hay in the room. And some Zay in. Can I get a witness, Brother Jeremy? We got some Zay in at my house, praise the Lord. You don't want to come to my house and mess with me at midnight. I'm just telling you. It's for all those watching, praise God. The letter, the next number is the number eight, which is from the Hebraic alphabet, het. Everybody say het. Like you're, so you got a hey, Zay in, and a hat. So I pronounce it chat. And it's a picture of a doorway frame, but not a door. So it would be just this. No door, just a doorway frame, but it focuses on the hinge. Now, I don't know how they get that, but that, that, I guess it looks like a door frame, right? And it has to do with the one who gives the permission for the door to be opened and closed. This year, God is about to give your life permission 
to have some things open up to you. This year, God's about to give hell permission for some things to be closed off from you. There's going to be open doors. There's going to be closed doors. Huh? Open doors to your blessing. Open doors to your breakthrough. Open doors to your healing. Open doors to your marriage. And God's about to slam the door in hell's face. Somebody say five, seven, eight, four. Five, seven, eight, four. Five, seven, eight, four. Five, seven, eight, four. You get to the letter four. The fourth he the fourth letter in the Hebraic alphabet is Dalet. Dalet, the Dalet. And it's a picture to them of the actual door without the hinge, which is a picture of a barrier. How many all know what barriers do? Barriers keeping Chris in that booth. Can't get out there unless he goes through the barrier. Come on in here. And in 2024, here's what I hear the Lord say to LifeGate Church. I said all that to say this. It's the year of the door. Doors of revelation. Doors of victory. Right ones opening. Wrong ones closing. The door of unity is going to open. The doors of election infection are going to close. Don't you be acting stupid in here in November. Come on. Or on Facebook, or you're, don't be acting stupid. Kingdom principles outweigh silly politics. I'm just telling you. If you're a jerk in the name of your politician, you're not operating in the name of the kingdom. You're operating in your own car. You need to shut that door. That was free. More in 24. I'm preaching 20 messages today. More in 24 for LifeGate Church. More in 24, Jeremy. Say, more of what? More blessing. And when we say that, we're not talking about money. Although you can apply that. I want to pastor a spiritually rich church. Not a dead one. I don't want to pastor a petty religious church. Where we just come for the excitement of the Sunday but no relationship throughout the rest of the week. That's called religiosity. I want to pastor a church that's rich in spirit. Say this out of your mouth. Say in 24, we will experience more of his glory. More in 24, more doors of blessing, more doors of breakthrough, more doors of favor, more doors of healing, more doors of revelation, more doors of godly relationship. Open the door to get out, get out of bondage, get out of addiction, get out of sleepless nights, get out of anxiety. Open heavens in our life. We will have more in 24, but I prophesy we're going to have less in 24. I prophesy we're going to have less pain, less sickness, less demotion, less confusion, less isolation less discord, less depression, less sickness, less poverty, less lack. 24 is the year of the door. I'm about to go back here and preach to myself, Chris. It's the year of the door. 
Now, next week, I'm going to give you the functions of a door. The following week, I'm going to give you how to unlock the door. I really thought I was going to get there today, Elder I had my notes sent to them last night, all 50 pages of them. But you know what I'm thankful for today? I'm thankful that doors are really made for egress. Now, our, our contractor, his name is Juan, he's back there hanging doors this week. He started yesterday. And you know, we got to keep our little children safe. Got to keep them inside, but y'all got to take them home. We love them, but they can't stay. And what I know about doors is they're built in part for an egress. That's a contractor term, which means exit, deliverance, and escape. In the book of Acts, after these incredible mighty men of God, we're seeing miracles in the supernatural touch their lives. They were thrown in jail. But the angel of the Lord came to make an egress. I really believe with all my heart in 2024, we're going to see mass deliverances in our church. There's going to be a lot of people lined up to get free and to get healed and get saved and get delivered and are looking for a way out. There's going to be a lot of people that come to LifeGate Church, I'm bound with addiction, and I don't know how to get free. You came to the right place. There's no shame in your game. There's no, there's no shame in, in what you've done yesterday. We just got hope for you that you're about to come up out of all that. I've been praying and seeing these pictures of drugs laid on the altar again. I ain't seen that in a long time. There was a time in our church, probably five, six years ago, where this whole, this whole platform was filled with narcotics. We were finding heroin needles out in the parking lot. of People didn't want to turn them in. They were back in the back booth. They didn't want to turn them in to anybody publicly, so they just turned them in and left them. I was like, please make sure you get those to the appropriate people. <laughs> heroin in bags of people getting free. Jeremy was one of them that got set free from opiate addiction. Stomped his pills all over the platform. Looking for an egress. And he's delivered and free today. And you may say, Bishop, what does this have to do with me? What does this have to, all this Hebrew stuff, Hyundai, Shandai, Houston, my Mitsubishi stuff, what are you talking about? <laughs> if you read it with a prophetic eye, you can see what John said in his gospel in chapter number 10, in verse 9 and 10. Jesus stands up and he says, I am the door. He is your way out, but he's also your way in. He's your way out of poverty spiritually, but he's also your way into spiritual prosperity and financial prosperity. Don't, hey, listen, I really want to caution you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. There's a lot going on on the internet right now about preachers. I, I don't want to mention their names because I don't want you to go Google them and then try to. I don't want to stir nothing up. You better be careful what you're encouraging. A general is being accused, and if it's true, then they'll have to deal with all that. But why should you be swift to be excited about evil? I'm not excited that these preachers are going through what they're going through. And if you are, you need to give your life to Jesus. 
You ain't the judge and jury. God is. Come on in here. There's a, there's a church here in Kansas City. The pastor had a moral failure. I couldn't believe the way the church people were talking about it. Almost as if they were excited. Well, see, I told you so. What is wrong with you? Jesus is the way to freedom. He needs hope just like you needed it. He needs deliverance like you need it. God, come on now. Amen, pastor. We hear you. Because it could be you next. Jesus is the answer. See, in American culture, we put too much stock in people anyway. We have a celebrity spirit in America where the preachers, you treat them like celebrities and you worship them instead of honor them. And so when they fall, I'm not going to church no more. Well, you were in love with the preacher, not the Jesus. He's the door, not me. I'm just a servant. Preaching good, preacher. I know, I know. We got to be careful who we put our lips on. Same way you judge, same way you'll be judged. Same way you offer mercy is the way you'll be offered mercy through the door. Jesus said, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. And we'll go in and out and find pasture to eat. For the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But I have come that you might have life. And that you might have that life more abundantly. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the door. Jesus, he is the hope. Jesus, he is Sabbath. Jesus, he is Passover. Jesus, he is tabernacle. Jesus, he is the trumpet blowing. Jesus, he, it's all about Jesus. What about the Father and the Holy Ghost? It's all wrapped up in Jesus. Come on, somebody. Jesus is the door. Here's a good thing about Jesus. I'm so thankful for this. I don't know if you are, I, I, it's elementary, but to me, I'm thankful. No matter what we do, what we say, how much we do it, how much we say it, he's still there with the door saying, come on. I won't close my door to you. Come on. He is the father of the prodigal son. Go far out into Las Vegas. That's what he did. Slept with all kinds of call girls. Was in the middle of mess. Spent all his money on gambling. That's what your Bible says. Gambled it all away was living in a pig farm eating the pallets from the pig pen. But he said, wait a minute. I had a better, I could have a better as a servant at my father's house. So he goes home and the father sees his son. He doesn't say, you've been sinning, son. You're a filthy sinner. You're dirty, nasty. I can smell you from here. I saw who you was with, what you smoked, drank, and did. I'm coming for you. He didn't talk like the ultimate warrior from WWF Wrestling or Macho Man Randy Savage. I'm coming for you like a Slim Jim. <laughs> I was at my daughter's therapy one day, and I thought I had my earphones on, and they weren't. And I had Bishop G.E. Patterson preaching on my computer, and I had the noise can't. I couldn't hear it. And the guy turned to me and goes, is that a wrestler that's talking? I said, is that what we sound like to you? Don't answer that, praise God. Okay. But that's not the father. The father's like, I'm the door. Come on. Well, I have been at church in six months. Who cares who's counting? You're, you're the only one counting. Come on. 
but I used to be sold out and serving and, and uh, da, 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 uh -huh, who's, you're the one keeping records. As soon as you come back to the door, the Father, through Jesus, you'll be all right. We got to change our dumb thinking, don't we? We got to untwist this religious brain. Come on, talk to me in here. And realize a good father, Matthew is not looking for performance from Eli and Landon. I mean, sure, they can't act like knuckleheads in the home because they'll get a whooping. Oh, yes, they will. By Samantha. And so, but a good father loves Landon and Eli because he loves them. My daughter asked me one day, she said, Dad, what if I ever go to jail? I said, I'll still love you. She said, what if I choose a different lifestyle? I said, I still love you. My door will always be open. She's like, really? Really? I'm like, well, you're my kid. I love you because of you, not because of what you do. Don't do. Come on in here. How much more the father? I'm, 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 I'm trying to move off of this. I got 59 seconds. I'm trying to move off of this, but the Holy Spirit wants somebody to hear it again. That's a good father. Come on. Well, I've been married 25 times. The father's got the door. His name's Jesus. I've, I've smoked it, drank it. I've I got a high body. What? The door is Jesus. We've all had to enter the same way. Filthy, dirty, sinner, in need of a Savior. All of us. Not me. Well, then you still lost. You're still bound. You're filthy religious and you smell funny. We all got to go through the same door. Come on. Right? Well, what about so-and-so? What about Bruce Jenner? What would happen if he came to church? Hope he goes through the door. You mean he can get saved? Yes, he can get saved. What about, doesn't matter, go through the door. What about the Muslim priest? Go, yeah, go through the door. Well, what about the, sat the Satanists that worshiped the devil in the Las Vegas satanic conference? He, they just got to go through the door. It's not hard. They just got to go through the door. Same way you did it. What about my aunt and uncle who sell weed? Go through the door. What about my neighbor who smells like alcohol today? They just got to go through the door. You're no better than them. We just don't know. You're, you just don't smell. They do. What about the abortion doctor? Yeah, he just got to go through the door too. What? There's not a greater hell for him? No, he just got to go through the door. What about the young lady who's had an abortion? She just got to go through the door. God said, come on, come home. That's all he's saying to her. I can't believe you say that in church. You've been in the wrong church, apparently. Because Jesus is the door. We've all messed up. Man, I feel the presence of the Lord. We've all made mistakes. Some of you in here have been in prison. You had to go through the same door we had to go through. We were in an internal prison. You was in a physical one. But we still had to go through the same door. 2024 is the year of the door. Whatever you need today, you can find it in Jesus. You won't find it at LifeGate. I can't meet all your needs. I do not have the capacity to do it. Now, my wife may be, but I don't have the needs. But Jesus can meet your needs. He loves you, and he sees you. Some of you in this room, you're just craving to be plugged into a church that's life-giving. I want to welcome you home today. You found your church. Stand, stand to your feet with me. I, I know that I've gone a little bit over my time. Um, just, just hold on for Christmas for a second. Just play, just, yeah. I was going to talk about Brother Cupid. I was going to talk about Naaman in the Bible. We'll talk about that next week, even in detail. Naaman came to Elijah, Elisha 
And the Bible said he was waiting at his door. And when I read that, Elder Johnson, the Lord spoke to me and said, in 2024, Naaman's are coming to LifeGate. Naaman, Naaman looked like he had everything, but internally he was completely lost and desperate and searching for hope on the inside of him because he was hopeless. And many of you here today, you're Naaman. You're lost. You're sick. Everybody except for people at church know your problems and your issues. But God is saying to you today, you came to a prophetic place like Elisha to hear a prophetic word, to open the door, to offer you hope and healing.